the Entertainment Toasty. Welcome to the Entertainment Toasty 2.0. And I feel like there should be two gunshots after that phrase. I don't know why. Do you think that would work? I don't, what, no, two explosions. Okay. I don't know. Just feels just feels like <laughs> it would work. Uh, I'm Steve Woods, and I'm here with our southern voice from the north, Edward Lambert. Hello. And our northern voice in the south. Well, not really northern, but you know, our, our man in the from the in, the, the, in the southern hemisphere. Yes, Daniel Duncan. Hello. Good day. How long did it take you to write that intro, Woodsy? Uh, just, just was mulling that over in my head uh, yeah. this morning. You know, it's just, it just comes, it flows, it flows. <laughs> yes. he, he fluffed my bit as well, so not a great start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was debating whether to say my northern voice in the southern hemisphere. Let's get in the groove. It's toasty time. Get in the groove. That stuff is sublime. The entertainment toasty. Right, guys, uh, we've got lots of fantastic uh, stories today. <laughs> As a little tantalizer, I've come up with some kind of punny uh, names for the stories to, to get you kind of interested. Do you want to hear them, what I've come up with? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, so one story I've got is So she did what now? So she did what now? Oh, do you see what I've done there? No. No, okay, right. <clears throat> so, well, anyway. That's, the, that's what it is. All right, the next one's a bit clearer, right? It's, Roddy hell, Stu must be joking. <laughs> okay. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Okay, all right. Uh, this one's a little bit more difficult. Um, poor comedian. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More or less works? Okay. Yeah. This is inspired by Carl Pilkington. Uh, because he used to do this on the Ricky Gervais show, and I thought I'd try and emulate his uh, his style a little bit. I don't think you've got the brain power to do that, though, would he? <laughs> no, I, 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 it doesn't look like it, does it? No. <clears throat> the next one. The Sussex has gone to your head. The Sussex success, Sussex has gone to your head. Yeah, yeah? thanks for explaining that pun. Yeah. <laughs> Always a good sign when you have to explain. <laughs> within, a, within a second of saying it. And there's the two that aren't really that punny, which is Shiver Me Showbiz Timbers and uh, eight, eight, eight Finger Discount. What? Couldn't, couldn't really think of a pun, so I just thought of a, a different name. I like, I, like, I like the uh, Shiver Me... Uh... Shiver Me Showbiz Timbers, yeah. Entertainment Toasty World News. Do you want to kick off with Roddy Hell? You must be joking. Why not? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's kick off with that. So this is news from uh, down in New Zealand where they have just um, completed and won the America's Cup. Do you guys know what the America's Cup is? Yes. I even watched a bit oh. yesterday. Yeah. Woodsy? Um, sailing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you're a fan, Ed? No. I watched a bit and I realised why I'd never really watched it before. Can I just say sailing? Worst television sport to watch <laughs> i agree okay, i agree yeah. and i hadn't really heard of the america's cup until like i moved here you don't know what's happening who's winning nobody knows like they just give you pictures of boats they could be anywhere i don't know where they are who's winning nobody cares well it's quite easy to track this event because there are only two rate two boats in the water at any one time so quite easy to see who's winning nonetheless still very boring <laughs> 
So they've just they've just done the America's Cup here, which is kind of the World Sailing Cup, I guess. Okay. And they're going mental because they won it, and it's honestly it's like an hour long news special every day. It's like wall to wall coverage. Wow. They're giving away like trading cards, like stickers with all the sailors' faces on and stuff like that. They're acting like they've won the FIFA World Cup. Jesus. I'm not even joking. They're going absolutely mental. Was there a big build-up to this, though? Like, is it is it a massive national sport? Apparently, it is. Sailing's only a sport for the very wealthy. That's that's what sailing is. It's the, there's there's no national about it. How many? What percentage of New Zealand sails? I think a higher percentage than most countries because of <laughs> because it's quite a thin, long country, and a lot of them do have boats. Like, there are literally boats over the road from my house. Like, people just own boats. It's just a normal thing. But that's because you live in a lovely area, Dan. <laughs> I'm surrounded by people with boats. <laughs> Most honestly, a lot of a lot of people, it's a lot more accessible than it would be in England. If if you had a boat in England, people would be like, "Are you a billionaire? Are you a are, are you a Saudi?" Especially in Leicester, no. Like, if you've got a boat in Leicester, people are, are presumably suspicious. Like, there's no sea around here. Why have you got a boat? People Maybe will know a... you big time. You big time, yeah. Well, yeah. The only thing I say is, that I guess if it's your, if it is like a big national sport, it kind of makes sense that you'd celebrate it wildly. Even things like snooker. I know snooker was massive in the sort of eighties and nineties here, wasn't it? But no one else really plays it. Well, certainly back then. So people must have thought, what the hell are they getting so excited about? Twenty million people watching the nineteen eighty five final up till midnight for sort of like you know blokes playing a pub sport. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, for some reason, I never knew how big it was in New Zealand until this bloody cup anyway. But um, they they basically, th- this was the opening ceremony, so it only lasted about a week, the America's Cup. And they splashed out on a um, Rod Stewart performance via video link, so not in person. They paid Rod Stewart um, $1 million, which is about five hundred to £550,000, um, for his one song performance of Sailing, the Rod Stewart classic. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, outrage and uproar in New Zealand about this because people are saying, obviously, it's a waste of taxpayers' money. And um, it's kind of a, a grotesque way to spend during a pandemic. But I would say, you know, what what are your thoughts, lads, on you know the amount that's been splashed on Hot Rod? And um, if you could pay any one artist to perform a song and pay them $1 million, who would it be and what would, what would the song be? I certainly think Rod Stewart's got a bloody good agent to charge 500 grand. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, pay, I wouldn't pay Rod Stewart 50, 50 euro to wash my car, I'll be honest. You know, I'd like to see it, but I wouldn't pay it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see him wash your car. That's an insult, that's an insult. If he was it's singing at the same time, I might consider the 50. What song yeah. of his back catalogue did you have when he was washing your car? What's, uh, what's I don't know, Rod Stewart music, really. He's got like something a song with Sally in it, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Maggie May. about Sally? Maggie May, Maggie, right. Yeah. Oi, Rod, wash my car and sing that song about uh, <laughs> Sally or Maggie or whatever. What's that woman you sing about? <laughs> what's her name? Susan, is it? it get... Just get on with it. Yeah, don't forget the bloody hubcaps. Can I just say that, I mean, this is a lovely, lovely piece of business for Hot Rod and yeah. his bank manager. Mm. Yeah. So well, respect to Rod. Yeah. Shout and out to I, Rod. I've been thinking about this question and um, 
I've got two possible artists that I'd pay for. Special, I don't know what the event would be, whether it'd be my birthday or whether it'd be, you know, I don't know what kind of event it would be, but I'm thinking, uh, number one, Venga Boys with I Want You In My Room. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a big one. Boom, 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 boom. I Want You In My Room. Um, it's a party or, classic, yeah. It's a party classic. Or Scatman John, who I believe is deceased, uh, singing Scatman. Well, that's not going to work because he's dead. So as you mentioned, no amount of money, sadly, could bring the Scatman back to life. That sort of technology just isn't available yet and probably will cost more than a million New Zealand dollars. So gonna we're going to have to go it, with the first one. I'm going to put it out there, though. That I thought this was an imaginary situation. <laughs> um, it is and it isn't. Obviously, you can buy performances like New Zealand have just done with Rod Stewart. So it's got to be a reasonable within the bounds of possibility. So, sorry, why are you choosing the Venga Boys? I don't, I don't really understand this with you. Um, because they are the soundtrack to my youth. <laughs> oh. I didn't know this, did you? <laughs> no. I didn't know this was the soundtrack to Woodsy's youth. No. I know he had the whistle and everything when he went to raves. <laughs> I never knew that was Venga Boys inspired. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, school school disco classics, you know, Wigfield, Saturday Night. Um, I don't know. And were you spinning these tunes yourself, Woodsy? No, that that was before my spinning days. Uh, so no, never never included the Venga Boys in one of my sets. Although I wish I had done now. No, I bet. Well, I think I would probably I took it a little bit more seriously than you, Stephen. Uh, and I I thought well, it's got to be someone like Paul McCartney because you know, arguably one of the sort of principal members of the most important band ever. Him and Ringo still alive, but you know, don't really need Ringo. Um so I thought yeah I'd get I'd get McCartney to play. And probably I don't know, maybe yesterday, one of his sort of ones that he could do relatively easily solo. And I'd give him sort of two hundred, three hundred quid. Who's gonna get people on their feet? McCartney, Venger Boys. I think, <laughs> you know, let's let's be honest about this. The Venger Boys every time. But you know. Each to their own. Just depends whether the crowd's intoxicated or not. That's that would that would kind of tip the balance on who the crowd would p- prefer. I think a late night crowd slash early morning Venga Boys is going to go down better. <laughs> imagine, but, you know. imagine telling to Paul that right. We've we've come down to the process. We've got it's you versus the Venga Boys, and unfortunately, <laughs> we've realised that uh, they've had a few more bit drinks and they fancy a bit more of a boogie <laughs> that you can provide. So uh, we're going to have to go with the Venga Boys. We, Sorry we've for got, support. We've got two, two artists on the phone right now. We've got, we've got Venga Boys and we've got Paul McCartney. I'm sorry, Paul, it's not you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'd win every time. All right, good. I think they'd be cheaper, actually. I think the Venga Boys would be a lot cheaper. Yes. So that's another factor. So that is true. The, the ideal guess, actually, would be. So fair play, good shout. Dan, have you got Very one? cheap. Um, I don't know. I reckon I'd choose someone like um, Stevie Wonder or something, you know? Yeah. Someone um, kind of with, with legendary status like McCartney. It wouldn't be like a, a contemporary artist. So, yeah, yeah, a little, a little cheeky Stevie Wonder number. Yeah, Stevie Wonder as well. You could you could give him the cash and just tell him what there is in his hand and he'd be, you know, <laughs> Stevie, that's, that, <laughs> that's 200 grand. All right, fella. Thanks very much. And off he goes. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the way all of his business transactions have worked in the past, I imagine. <laughs> I don't think he's gotten this far being that um, easily cheaped. <laughs> People just giving him fistfuls of Monopoly money. <laughs> I don't really think that's how it works. I just imagine it's just you. I think he's probably got a um, a manager to uh, on board to check for underhand tactics like that. Oh god! Oh, Stevie Wonder just going around all these global events, getting ripped off by people. Oh. Like all this time, he's just like it's just like living in this two up, two down in like Huddersfield. <laughs> We've got stories, stories about strange views, people mistreating the precious loons. Did you know female sheep are called ewes? Oh yes, it's nonsense. Whatever we choose. Yes, it's important. The next story today is Sushi did what now? Mm. Hmm. So there's a story this week that people in Taiwan are changing their name to salmon to get a free all-you-can-eat sushi dinner. Uh, So it's a promotion made by a restaurant called Salmon. Um, So I just wonder what would you boys be willing to change your name for? Um, like, would it be just a meal? And if you could choose a company to change your name to, like they have, what would you go for? Well, it would have to be a bloody good meal for me to change my name. And we're talking first name here, aren't we? First yeah. name, so like Salmon Lambert. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> which sounds quite good, quite a, kind yeah. of, it's a bit, bit of panache in its own way. Um, but I would probably choose something... You know, it would have to be expensive, so it would have to be like free flights for life, uh, Emirates Dunkley or, you know, Qu- Qantas Dunkley or, you know, something like that. Or um, maybe something car related as well, you know, like Tesla. I changed my name for a Tesla because um, they're pretty expensive, aren't they? Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari, Ferrari Dunkley or Ferrari Lambert <clears throat> or Ferrari Woods. Well, some people are called Ferrari, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, much like Enzo. So that's a good shout. Yeah, exactly. What were you going to say, Woodsy? You were going to say, like, um, <laughs> Ginster's pork pies or something? <laughs> McCain's. <laughs> well, you know me too well, because these are my two ideas. Uh, the first one, I thought these could actually be names as well. Like, these, like, a bit like you said, Enzo just said, Italian name, though. These could be names, right? Curly. <laughs> right? That is name, isn't it? <laughs> Curly Watts. Exactly, yeah. So Curly Woods, right? And I get a, I get a lifetime supply of curly fries, right? I love curly fries, right? So that's the first one. And the other hold on, one, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your relationship with curly fries? How many how many times a week do you eat them? No, I haven't eaten them for a long time, but I love them. They're a special treat. Yeah, I don't even know where to buy them in Spain, to be honest. So I don't know whether you can buy them in British supermarkets. And the second one, scamp. Scamp, as in scampy. Exactly. A lifetime supply of scampy. <laughs> and it's kind of an affectionate name like, you, like Dan would use to call a dog. He's like, come here, scamp. So I'd quite like that. Come here, scamp. And I'd be like, all right, what's up? 
<laughs> You'd have to change all of your names to get a bit more cheap fish in bread. Well, yeah. Matt, can you imagine? I just got a scampy shipment every week. I'd love it. <laughs> it's not even like a meal in its own right. It's kind of a side dish. Not if you have it in the quantities that Woodsy has it. I used to work at a summer camp um, for foreign children learning English, right? And scampi used to be on the menu one night. Uh, and I used to shamelessly go round the kids' tables and eat the leftover scampi from their plates. I was like, uh, Alejandro, I was like, Alejandro, are you having that scampi? He's like, uh, no, no, no me gusta. And I'm like, okay, just pop those over here. Popped it onto my plate. Shame, shame. Were these uneaten un- ones, or were you, would you take one with a little, little nibble out of it? You might get sometimes a little dash of ketchup on there already. Mm. But, you know, usually I'd eaten. But uh, I look back on it now and think, maybe I was a little bit desperate. Well, I'll tell you what, Kobe, that'd be a good one, just came to me. Lifetime yeah. Kobe Beef. And oh, Kobe, okay. it's quite a cool name, Kobe Woods. Like it. Just for that. A bit more upmarket now. Sort of a bit more upmarket. Too late, you've said scampi now. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've already signed the Curly Fries contract. <laughs> Showbiz, if you can get get McCain's on the on the on the blower, and we'll talk about this and see if we can get this done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do they make um, scampi or do they make the oven, oven fries or both? I maybe they're into both. They've got their fingers. Bird's in both eye pies. probably for the scampi. Captain Bird's eye. But I think you've had you've had certain. <laughs> would, you, would you do it to be Captain Bird's Eye Woods? <laughs> I think I'd do that for free. Yeah, just Captain Bird's Eye Woods. Hey, don't growl, little one. Looks like we got ourselves some celebrity news. Yeah. Uh, so this is Sus- Sussex have gone to their heads. The story of Harry and Meghan rumbles on. So recently they've launched a podcast, Stepping on Our Toes. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know who they think they are. Um, but yeah, basically, I don't really have much of a, a story here. It's more like... <laughs> What royals would you would you like to hear a podcast from? Uh, do you think Harry and Meghan should have a podcast? Uh, are they generally talking more rubbish than we are? What do you think about this? So, Dan, I want your whole perspective. Harry, Meghan, how do you see it? They've left the royal family. They're now stepping into the showbiz world, your world. Uh, and how do you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy transition, is it, from from Buck Pal to um to Hollywood. Um I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of Meghan and Harry. I don't know whether to kind of believe their stories or not. And there's there's a lot of stuff coming out of the English press around what Meghan was like with all the butlers and, and stuff like that and people having to quit and allegedly of course pending in investigation. So um I think that the the there's blame on both sides of this story is what is my reading of the situation. But in terms of podcasting, I mean, there's only one member of the royal family that I would want to hear a podcast from, and that's Prince Philip. It would just be him talking about um, lots of offensive topics <laughs> with kind of really touchy guests, like really touchy millennial guests who are really easily offended by stuff. That would be awesome. Get them onto the show. Yeah, that sounds and like Prince a Philip podcast. interviews them. So it'd be like, Prince Philip, what is your view on China? And just let him go. No. Yeah, yeah. Just stand back and just, 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 yeah. Just watch him go. That would actually be awesome, uh, Ed. Yeah, I, I think I was actually going to go down either the Queen or Prince Philip. 
Uh, but I, want, I actually wanted to hear from Prince Philip's tales of his youth because if you watch The Crown, it sort of alludes to the idea that he was a bit of a, bit of a ladies' man, a uh, bit of a shagger, uh, especially on his, <laughs> on his trips uh, around the sort of Pacific. Um, so it'd be very interesting to find out what he was up to or just, you know, tales of the Queen in explosive tell-all podcasts um, to outdo her grandson. Like early, you know, Prince Philip, the early days, that would be the first yeah. season. And then, you know, just progress through his life. He's got a hundred years worth of material, you know, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a big back catalogue to get through. I think he's a gold mine. I think he would be the gift that keeps on giving. The man's a legend. He's, he's certainly a character. And I think, uh, like you say, pairing him with some sort of liberal lefty would be gold dust. Yeah. Really touchy millennials is, is, is my preference. Kind of the really extreme, you know, um, at the end of the spectrum. Prince Philip, what do you think of working mothers? Um, you know, should they be? <laughs> should someone be at home looking, being looked after the kids? Well, you know, it's a difficult question, but yes, all mothers should be at home. <laughs> I'm, I'm alleging here. I don't know what he would say. Uh, another podcast idea I had was. Um, Queen Elizabeth's cleaning tips, um, because I feel like with that kind of royal authority, uh, I can imagine just a five-minute segment of a radio show, possibly. And now the Queen. Uh, what you need to do is get some bicarbonate of soda <laughs> and pop it in a little bit of water there, mixture, that will get things shiny, shiny, shiny. No? Well, see, this is very interesting because I seem to remember you obviously have an interest in people giving cleaning tips on the radio who've never really cleaned before. Because I do remember that this was, a, this was also a segment of the Entertainment Toasty original where you give cleaning tips despite never really having cleaned anything before. And now the Queen, who again will never have really cleaned anything before, you want her to give tips. Well, I'm going to pick you up there on a little uh, uh, bit of misinformation that. Yep. Uh, uh, it was actually from the rival show, Bantasyland, oh, yeah. which I uh, participated in. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was Dan. one segment of the show. It makes sense. I don't think me and Dan would have had your cleaning tips allowed on the, on the toasty. It wouldn't have been accepted. No. Yeehaw! We're going to have a hoop nanny today. I'm ready for a hold down. Entertainment toasty. Ed Lambert. Next one. Oh, I like this. Pork comedian. <laughs> Pork comedian. This is more world news coming all the way from Japan. Yeah, it straddles uh, sport news as well. Um, yes, but it's it's the it's the news that the Olympic chief has quit after suggesting a Japanese comedian dresses up as a pig and floats down during the opening ceremony, and they've called it Olympic. Uh, I thought this was actually, you know, quite a outrageous, but it's kind of amusing from the outside suggestion. So I wondered what far more offensive ideas can we come up with uh, for their opening ceremony, or possibly a sort of a British version, if that's easier. Uh, Woodsy, you seem to have something. Well... I won very good that a Japanese guy has come up with Olympic, no? Using right, just because he's, he's made an English pun. Yeah, I thought very right. impressive. And also, 
This is a, she said this was a comedian, no, that he said yeah. she'd dress up as a pig. So she didn't see the funny side of this? No. <laughs> no. She, I Touchy think she, millennial. She, yeah, she found it quite <laughs> offensive. I, I think she's a portly, portly. Um, um, but she, she does have a, um, a designer label called, which translates roughly as chubby, like a label of clothing. Oh, really? So I guess it's part yeah. of a brand identity. Um, I think this guy's got is quite a witty character. Uh, so, he, so he's resigned, is he? Did you say yeah. he's been dis- um... Yeah, Hiroshi Sasaki. He's resigned. Um, he, 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 one of one that just might just sort of spark your imagination. But for the closing ceremony when of the last Olympics, when the sort of Japanese get a little bit of it, he got the then Prime Minister Shinzo Abe to dress as Super Mario. Uh, and just run around in Rio. So I think he's got some good ideas, or at least some sort of quirky ideas. He thinks outside the box, this guy. He thinks outside the box. Definitely. And although what he said was offensive, um, we, I feel like we should just we should encourage his ideas and just see what he comes up with, because he's, he's clearly an ideas man. Mm-hmm. And he's the sort of person that should be in charge of an Olympic ceremony. I so agree. I can't. I I'm actually looking forward to this now more than ever. Because he's, he would have well, his... well, he's out. He's out of the job, isn't he? So yeah, he's, he's not gonna. Gone. There's not gonna but, be any quirkiness. It's only three months away. I mean, he's he's already laid his blueprint for what's going to happen. So <laughs> expect fireworks. Is what I'm going to say. It could be anything. And have you got any thoughts, Dan, about what you kind of offensive ways that you'd start an Olympic ceremony or finish an Olympic ceremony? Um, I can't really think of offensive ways, but I, I can think of. Um, I don't know. I just thought of like wacky stuff, like those um, Japanese game shows where they're like smashing things over each other's heads and stuff like that. All those kind of really crazy karate uh, things where people are smashing blocks of cement over their head and the, the block of cement Takeshi, is like Takeshi's, in half. Takeshi's castle, or what? Yeah, like a mad Takeshi's castle kind of vibe. Um, lots of pranks, lots of you know serious injury, uh, all for the all in the name of entertainment. I think that's the best way to honour the Japanese uh, ceremony, to be honest. Yeah, I think a a Takeshi's castle would be brilliant if you've got all the leaders of the sort of, you know, big prime ministers from around and presidents from around the world to compete in a Takeshi's castle as your opening ceremony. That'd be fantastic to watch. And you could throw in Olympic legends as well. So like Usain Bolt has got to navigate himself over a (laughs) shark infested tank or, you know, those sort of wacky Japanese game show ideas. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'd go for. It'd be a great intro. Well, I've got a few, a couple of truly offensive ones here. Um, (laughs) I mean, unsurprising, they're kind of kind of half baked um, ideas. Um, But the first one was uh, uh, French Olympic Games and uh, some sort of inflatable liver, and the mascot will be called Foie. And I don't know, kind of, he would kind of balloon, his liver would be like a balloon, and he would kind of sail into the Olympic stadium. Oh, were you on acid when you thought of this? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most mental thing I've ever heard in my life. Olympic Foie. You just want a big bit of liver to float down. And inf- well, as like a balloon, yeah, an inflated yeah. duck's liver. Right. Yeah, I don't know, really. That's, that's what I said. I said it's a bit half-baked. And the second one, right, you'll love this one. <laughs> um, uh, and it would be called um, The Fighting Cocks, right? Uh, oh. Cockfighting cock, cock is still legal in two uh, autonomous communities in Spain, right? In Andalusia 
wow. and in the Canary Islands. Okay, <laughs> so uh, two cocks dressed up as Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa uh, in the Olympic Stadium <laughs> to kick everything off. What do yeah. you reckon? Yeah, that is offensive. That is yeah. offensive, isn't it? <laughs> to be honest, the biggest revelation there is that it's still legal where you live. Yep. Wow. I'm, I was very impressed by it. Does it still, uh, does it still the, go on? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know what the, the... There's some sort of... It's kind of... I think it's kind of half illegal. There can, it can exist maybe in some weird traditional ceremony or something. Right. I, think, I think you can't do it as a sport to like bet on or anything like that. I think that's illegal. Um, oh, yeah, because uh, it's the gambling that's wrong, not the uh, <laughs> for, forcing the animals to fight to the death. You know, and it's the laying make, down money on it. To make it to make it really kind of un PC, we could black up one of the uh, one of the cocks as well. <laughs> Wouldn't you just find a black cockerel? I don't know. Do they exist? Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. I mean, and then you can get like the really white blonde ones as well, like yeah. the. Uh, um, uh, Ivan Drago, also of Rocky, you know, in, in Rocky 3. That's true, that's the, true. The Russian. So yeah. you get really like um blonde one. <laughs> you get one like looking like Apollo Creed, and then you could get one like Rocky. Yeah, but in, I, I in, think that would work pretty well. In Spain, we have a tradition of blacking people up for, for Christmas, you no? Know, because there's the um, the three kings, you know, that come, that, uh, and as part of that celebration, one of them is usually a white guy blacked up. You know, and this is this is acceptable in Spanish culture. Uh, so, you know, I think going along with that, we'd actually get, you know, a white cock blacked up. That's what we'd do. <laughs> just, just to add insult to, yeah, to injury, yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. But that would be pretty un-PC, wouldn't it? you like yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping for a pun in there somewhere, would he? I won't lie to you. <sighs> what could we say? Some sort of pun about cocks. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy? Oh, his jacket's so sparkly. Oh, he's gorgeous. It's Showbiz Dan. This is what we've all been waiting for. Shiver me, Showbiz Timbers. <laughs> Arr. <laughs> Shiver me, Showbiz Timbers. Yeah, a revelation this week as I um, woke up fairly early one morning to check. I'd, I'd had an email from ancestry.com and I, this is a service that I'd signed up to many years ago to do a DNA test around which parts of the world my DNA is from but anyway they've um, they've kind of filled in my family tree for me all the way back to um, the 1700s and um, it turns out that my fifth great-grandfather is um, somebody called uh, John Old Pirate Parchment so the old pirate in brackets or speech marks, ironic speech marks maybe. Um, so it looks as though in the 1700s, in the in the Dunkley family, there is a a pirate in the family tree. And I have to say, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. I mean, it's it opens up a world of possibilities for fancy dress parties. It opens up a world of possibilities for you know maybe there's some sort of family treasure. I mean, anything could happen from here. So. You know, I want to get your thoughts on you know, what, what this means, what the old what the old pirate was probably like, and um, you know, whether I should change my lifestyle in any way because of this. Interestingly, Dan, you've always had a kind of propensity for uh, a little bird sitting on your shoulder, haven't you? Okay, you've always had like that idea of of a. Huh? 
I've, I've always liked um, my pets. Yes, um, I never, never, never had a bird as a pet. But you'd love but one on your shoulder. Wouldn't always you? like. I've always liked parrots. I have always liked parrots. I think there's because they can genetic, talk. There's I mean, a genetic I, connection there. I feel like that's an underrated animal. It can talk. I mean, what other animal can talk? Very, very underrated as an animal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I also like rum. Ho, ho, ho! In a bottle of rum. Shiver me, show his timbers. Like, just <laughs> look, pipe down you, all right? So I'm just like visualising him with a peg leg, you know, maybe a hook, definitely an eye patch, um, black bandana. It's just, it's just really, you know, it's great, isn't it? So, um, I've got some bad news for you, there, Dan. I've done some research and I've actually found that um, John the old pirate parchment sold his first name to a company called Old Pirate Rum. <laughs> and it was all just to get a lifetime supply of uh, Old Pirate Rum. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm shattered. I'm gutted. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So what, what got you to, to sort of start looking into this? Well, I had, literally, I, I did my DNA test and I had no interest in building a family tree because it sounded like admin work, basically. So I basically added in my mum and my dad and left it at that but um someone has filled in my someone in my grandfather's side of the family his family tree someone's done it for him so someone has basically done all this work for me like birth certificates pet mums and dads and it's all been filled in back to the 1700s and um yeah i mean the, the pirate development is very exciting but I just, I just, I feel like I need to go back over there now and maybe. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think there could be a treasure hunt in this. That would be exciting. I think Woodsy needs to get his hand in his pocket and pay for uh, a toasty goes to Jamaica. I'd love that. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Toasty on on location in Jamaica. And I think Dan, I'll be honest, when you were talking about treasure, I think there would definitely some be some showbiz treasure in there. So I'm thinking like a gilded bow tie. Possibly in a, in a treasure chest. Poss- possibly a glittery eye patch as well. It's causing quite a stir in my family, this pirate development, because no one really knew there was anything like this going on. And apparently at the same time, there's a new programme on Netflix about pirates around the Jamaica kind of Caribbean way. Um, and it's, a, it's kind of a documentary, but kind of done as a, a drama almost. So it um, could be one for the lads to to check out and report back and on the pirate lifestyle and just, I feel, I feel like it, it deserves more investigation. We need to know what real pirates were like. Cause I, I, I my, my references are really kind of Peter Pan, um, the Robin Williams movie hook. Um, and that's about it. Well, pirates of the Caribbean, of course, um, Johnny Depp. And there's also, this is, this is kind of unrelated, but it's important to add. There's a guy that walks around Leicester. Um, he dresses as a pirate, and he has done all kind of throughout his life. He's, he's pirate Steve. He he he's a guy who um, kind of wanders around the town centre, literally like dressed as Jack Sparrow, and um, all of the other kind of famous pirate characters that you can think of. He's my friend's cousin, <laughs> and um, he's kind of like a motivational guy. He goes up to people and kind of gives them motivational advice. He's he's written an, an autobiography, so if you Google Lester Pirate Steve, um, you'll you'll find details about his autobiography, and um, yeah, so this is um, this is someone who maybe I can learn from. I don't know. 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, Google Pirate Steve. He's he's a real person. Wow. And um, he's my friend's cousin, apparently. Did you have any any pirates in your kind of regions growing up, walking around town and dispensing advice? Not enough. No, we've got a, we've got a guy who's pretty famous here in Seville who dresses up as women at traffic lights uh, and sells or did sell tissues. Um, but he's like he's like well known around the city. Like so, he, every day he will have a different uh, drag on. Uh, yeah, you know, dressed up as Cinderella and various different female characters. Um, is he doing this in a kind of comedy way, or is he trying? Is, is he is he I, kind of um, a, a lady of the night, so to speak? Yeah, it, well, he sometimes, you know, he's got kind of onesies as well that he wears. He don't always dress up as ladies, but uh, he, he does have a propensity for, for lady dressing. Uh, and so he's an interesting character. And he, and he was like, he, he was in the newspaper as well because he ended up, he'd been studying and he got his, I don't know if he'd got a law degree or something, but, you know, he's been like selling tissues at, at traffic lights in Seville for like 20 years or something. And he's managed to get Spanish nationality and he's a bit of a kind of local hero um and you know uh funny guy so is he out of the, the tissue paper game now or is he kind of a barrister or what i think so but i reckon he made good money uh because if you think about it, the traffic lights stopped every what every minute and a half and he probably got money almost every single time was the key dressing like a woman was that why he was getting customers every time as you say i think uh it was definitely helpful you know yeah, dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood, Little Basket. You know, why wouldn't you give the guy some money? I would. Maybe he could be the new mascot for the Japan uh, Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to know more about this guy. So in future episodes, we need to revisit what he's really doing now, whether he's kind of a leading criminal prosecution lawyer or something like that. I imagine him walking into the courtroom like um, that film Legally Blonde with like the pink outfit on. The little pink handbag. <laughs> That's his inspiration. And your, well, what about your history? Edward Lambert. Lamb? Slaughterer? I believe it's Belgian. It's a Belgian name. But I really? can't give you much more information than that. Lambert. Waffle-eating Belgian. Yes. What about woods? No idea. Imagine a person who lived in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> or cut, person, cut. person shunned by the rest of the village forced to live in the, in the woods a hermit out in the woods just chopping wood with uh, different cocks fighting in his back garden <laughs> I don't know anyway uh, very good very interesting story Dan and I think when you find out more information you have to, we have to share it with the listeners yes, uh, especially or, news or... on treasure a treasure hunt I'm going to watch this Netflix programme and find out what pirates were really about, whether it was all hijinks on the high sea or whether there were serious crimes. And it sounds like there were. So um, this could be a kind of a very sobering development for me. What hijinks would, what would you hope for on the high sea? What hijinks could they be up to that would be sort of just a bit naughty? You know, just just drinking lots of rum, um, sea merry. maidens, of course. Yeah, being <laughs> merry. Singing songs, yeah, carelessly shooting someone. The serious crimes for showbiz would be, oh my god, brown shirts with navy trousers. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> socks and sandals. Socks and sandals on the high seas. I don't think so. There we go. It could be that. Entertainment toasty world news. Okay, final story today is well, it's the big hitter. 
the eight finger discount. Uh, this is what happens when a border collie plays with an octopus. Well, I'll tell you what happened. The octopus stole his ball. That's what happened. Um, and it got me thinking, uh, what unusual animal contests would you like to see? And what sport would you like to see them playing? Well, the first thing that came to my mind, and it literally came to my mind in a split second, kangaroo boxing. It's a classic. Put some, you know, four four ounce gloves on them and just let them go mad. And you can bet on it, of course. That maybe it'd be popular in Spain. But yeah, well, it would be definitely. Um, but what kangaroo on kangaroo? So you're not mixing the animals? Um, no, it would be kangaroo on kangaroo. Yeah, just like normal boxing okay. is human to human. You know, you could really build up rivalries, and it could be like different weight divisions. I feel like it would actually have a lot, a lot of legs. I think people in Victorian times did used to pad up, and and um, and fight kangaroos in Australia. I think that's kind of what British people used to do. The kangaroo kick is very dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, but I'd like to see it maybe come back, but done done in a classy, humane way. Um, so proper pay per view. <laughs> make sure they're paid, you know, paid well. Give them kind of proper gloves. So, you know, and there would be a referee, of course, in case things got too savage, the fight would be called off. So this isn't like Spanish cockfighting. Blimey, how much are you paying that referee? Intervening Um, between two wild animals. (laughs) Well, you know, that's where we could mix things up. It could be an actual animal as referee as well. Rod Stewart Um, would do it for 500 grand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ed, any... Any kind of animal contest you'd like to see or with any particular type of sport? Well, monkey tennis, an idea first sort of put put forward by Alan Partridge. And I think since then, I've always been intrigued to think, would it work? Um, mm. Certainly, I saw a cat playing table tennis on the very same story that you sent yes. me this thing. Yeah. And the cat was quite good at table tennis, which did make me think, surely monkey tennis is not that far away. I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, Gymnastics done by octopus would be interesting. It'd be hilarious seeing an octopus juggle, for example, which is not really a sport, but I'd like to see it happen. Um, And I think if it could happen, bears arm wrestling. Don't know whether that would work. It could work. I think that could work. I think so. Also, possibly ostriches. Can they jump? Because I'd like to see them doing high jump. You know, that'd be a money winner. Do you yeah. know, I've just been thinking about monkey tennis a little bit more, and um, <laughs> I think they'd struggle to get the ball over the net because they're so short. Do you know what? But, but do you know what would be really good for monkeys? Squash. Just lock them in the room with a ball and just let them go nuts. Yeah, yeah, it would be good. This is one to throw out to the the audience. If you've got any interesting animal matchups you'd like to see. Uh, and what, and uh, with a particular sport, please get in touch. Ultimately, a, a race would be good, wouldn't it? I mean, just see how fast they are and which ones end up just killing the other. <laughs> so, you know. They already do this in Spain. <laughs> just, do you know what I'd like to see, though? You've, you've kind of reminded me there. I think, do you know how you can go, you know, to the horse racing and, and all of that? I think literally if you just lined up eight cheetahs and you put like, um, you know, like the hair goes round for the, the, the greyhound racing. Yeah. You could put like a slab of meat or something on that and just get them to follow it. Cheetah racing. So 
kind of a really extreme version of greyhound racing basically i'd i'd definitely pay for that that'd be that'd be awesome cheetah racing more aggression as well probably it sounds like woody you've got some kind of animal racing or event going on in your house to be honest my children are making an absolute racket can you pipe down please unbelievable trying to record a professional podcast here um well i think that concludes our business for the entertainment toasty 2.0 for today Shiver me, shiver me, shiver me, shiver me, shiver me.